This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Sam Bennett has the only goal of the game now early in the second period in Toronto. The Flames leading the Maple Leafs 1-0. Also early in the second period, Sabres and Islanders in a 1-1 tie. Former Oil King Curtis Lazar has his fourth of the season for the Sabres. Also early in the second period, Stars up 1-0 on the Panthers. Blake Como has the goal and the Hurricanes lead the Lightning 1-0. Coming up a little bit later on tonight, we'll actually facing off in seconds, the Kings and the Blues. In an hour, it's the Golden Knights and the Avalanche. The Ducks will play the Coyotes late game tonight, has the Wild meeting the San Jose Sharks. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. Oilers back at it tomorrow in Vancouver, 6 o'clock face-off show, and the game will start at 8 o'clock, same times for their second consecutive meeting. That one will be on Thursday night. Then the Oilers back home. I know I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but three consecutive games against the Maple Leafs starting on Saturday night. Happy to hear from you. You can reach out, 780-496-0063. You can get me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S, and the email to the show, if you still use that old-fashioned, and form of communication is inside sports at 630CHED.com. Okay, so what a run it's been here for the Edmonton Oilers. They were three and six, and I think, uh, you know, there was a sense they'd probably play better and get something going at some point. I don't know if I saw them winning nine of their next 11 and not just getting back to 500, but flying past it now up to 12 and eight on the season. Still, you know, obviously still a lot of work to do. When you look at the standings, they can be a little misleading because of the games played. They're second in the division when it comes to points. But if you sort that by points percentage, they are fourth, not far behind. The Oilers have a 600 points percentage, Montreal 618 and Winnipeg 639. So you've kind of already seen the North Division break into three groups. And the Leafs have have separated. They're 14-3-2, sort of in a tier all by themselves right now. Then Winnipeg and Montreal, uh, Winnipeg, Montreal and Edmonton occupying a second tier. And uh, the third tier right now would be Calgary, Vancouver, and Ottawa. As the Flames have now dropped down to 8-9-1 and one on the season and, and needing to get some momentum going here as they take on the Leafs. So good for the Oilers. A lot of things have gone well recently. The power play has been much better than it was earlier in the season. Tyson Berry has been much better than he was earlier in the season. You, the depth scoring has been much better than it was earlier in the season. You see players like Archibald chipping in, Ennis, Kara, Chase on with some goals here recently. So everybody's doing a little bit more. They've been able to plug guys in for injured players or plug them in maybe for players who weren't going very well. And they've been able to get moving a little bit. The goaltending 
has been very, very solid since Mike Smith uh, came back. I know he got pulled in that one game, didn't think the team played great in front of him either, and they're getting stops, and they're getting stops at key times in games and then able to roll from there. And, of course, not every game because they've done it with some depth and they've done it in some low-scoring games, but some nights the star players just completely take over, like we saw with McDavid on Saturday night where he gets five points in the first 28 and a half minutes of the game, and they roll from there. All right. Eagles Larry writes in. Well, this is an optimistic one from Eagles Larry. Is Nurse a legit contender for the Norris Trophy? I hope they sign Barry to an extension because he and Nurse are a definite top pair when they play together. Just my opinion. Yeah, that's. I, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold off on any uh, trophy talk right now for the team. I, I think that uh, we're not even at the halfway point of the season, but it it is interesting to hear that Nurse is playing a ton. He's already surpassed his goal total from last season. Now, I think that might level off a little bit. He certainly got a couple of softies against the Senators along the way that you you might expect to be stopped more often than not. But he is playing a lot. And in the past, when Darnell has played a lot, sometimes his play has dropped. You think back to the past couple of seasons when he had to fill in for Oscar Clefbaum when Clefbaum missed time and Nurse had to play on the power play. And then maybe his five-on-five play diminished a little bit. We haven't seen that this year. We've seen Nurse play a ton. I mean, over 30 minutes sometimes. And he and Barry have looked good together. And and the pairings have switched around a little bit. It was Nurse and Bear before. Well, Bear's been out of action. Maybe back tomorrow, by the way. Tippett said they'll look at him in the morning. No Laguson tomorrow. We, he did practice, but he's not ready to come back. Yamamoto should be good to go. He was on the ice. So... Nurse has been able to handle it, and he's been he's been very good so far. And Darnell Nurse was was talking today that one of the things he likes about the team this year is that he thinks that they've been able to learn how to win and stay calm in those tight games. Yeah, I think a big uh, a big focus of ours was to stay even keel. I think that comes along um, with that confidence. I mean, uh, you know, you can be as confident as you want. There's there's going to be ups and downs and and uh, you know, turmoil over the course of the season, but you have to say even keel. I think that's the, that's been a part of our team that has grown a lot over the last few years is, is being able to, you know, when you win, not get too high and when you lose, not get too low. And that's, I mean, we, we started off the season, not great. And we could have easily just buried ourselves and buried our head, but um, we stayed even keel and kept working. And uh, when we have, uh, we've had some success over the last uh, little stretch that we can't get uh too high on ourselves. We need, we need to come in and work each and every day, like like we did today, and uh, you know, get uh, stay on the right side of this. You know, it's such an interesting debate to me because I think one of the things that can sometimes be hard to, to quantify in sports, hard to qu- qualify, maybe is the right word. It's a bit of an intangible, but sometimes you're watching a game, or you watch a team over and over again, or an athlete over and over again. And you just say they know how to win. And it's ex- sometimes it's experience, sometimes it's composure. But I can tell you this, it's things that the Oilers collectively generally haven't had for a long time. Now, I don't also want to underestimate talent here because I think that the Oilers teams that were uh, really bad for several years in getting them first overall draft picks or high draft picks – 
I don't think it was the mental side of the game that had them at that low in the standings. I, I think those teams flat out didn't have enough talent, but maybe a little more experience. Maybe they could have done a little better or maybe they're not a bottom feeder, but what do we, what do we see sometimes when we watch hockey? Oh, you know what? That team can win different ways. That team keeps it under control. That team doesn't panic. And I think we're seeing that a little bit more from the Oilers this season. Where does that come from? I think it can come from a variety of different places. I think it can come from the coaching staff. Do you have an experienced coach? Do you have a coach who um, can exude confidence? And I'm not talking about in a brash way, but who can make players feel like they're under control, that he's going to give them what they need to succeed in a game or in a moment in a game. Do you have experienced players who can help in that regard? And I also think just some of it is flat, plain old school of hard knocks. And you got to go through it and you got to grow up and you got to get better. And if you talk about a team that's had a lot of players go to the school of hard knocks over the years, it would be the Edmonton Oilers. Well, I mean, what did we always used to hear about Nuge? And what was you, what was always a big discussion point about Nuge and Hopkins? Well, he can't check. Well, he can't win faceoffs. Well, he's not hard enough on the puck. Well, he's out of position back checking. I don't hear a lot about that about Nuge anymore, and I don't see a lot of it. Just talking about Darnell Nurse. Well, Nurse can't handle more minutes. Well, he gets out of control. He gets out of position. He's he's too aggressive. Don't hear a lot about Darnell Nurse now. And then you have McDavid and Dreisaitl who have the talent, but I think they also have the composure. They also have the drive. And hey, they've, you know, they've, they were on an Oilers team that went to the playoffs, but they've been on a team, on teams that have had pretty disappointing seasons as well. So hopefully, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but hopefully this is the beginning of something where you can maybe say this was really the year they became a team and they became a team that knew how to win and knew how to handle different situations and didn't panic and said, okay, we're in this style of game. This has happened to us before. And two years ago, we got kicked in the teeth when this happened because we didn't know that we had to do X and Y. Tonight, we know that, and we're going to do it. And Nurse commented on that today, finding ways to win different ways. You know, the last stretch of games, we've shown that uh, we can win in different ways. And, uh, you know, whenever you're able to do that as a group, I think you believe no matter what situation you're in uh, in a game, you can find either your way back or, or find a way to close the door. So those are things that uh, we've done, especially over uh, this last stretch. And we need to continue to do it. We have a huge, uh, huge two weeks coming up here. But, I mean, I'll start with tomorrow. All right, and we'll hear a little bit from Dave Tippett. Keep talking orders as we go along tonight. Cam Moon is going to check in. The big L who often makes me laugh on the text line has written in this, and I'm sure this will make some of you chuckle as well. The big L says, Reed, I'm really enjoying the Oilers' play lately. I hope they can sustain this success. The big L adds, would you happen to know if there's a website where I can get some news about the Toronto Maple Leafs? Thanks in advance. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From the Big L. I believe you got to go on the dark web or maybe the blue web for that Big L. Back in a couple of minutes. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. James Wilder Jr. coming up after the 7 o'clock news. New running back for the Double E football team. It'll be good to talk with him. Oilers back on the ice today. Kyle Turris a little bit uh, banged up. Uh, Dave Tippett said he got hurt in, uh, I guess, the game day skate on Friday in Calgary. So he skated today, but not with uh, the main group. So we'll see what the situation is with him uh, coming up. Oilers in Vancouver tomorrow, 8 o'clock face-off. The face-off show will be at 6 o'clock right here on 6.30. Chet, you can interact with me, 780-496-0063. Don says, Reed, I'm disappointed. You promised you wouldn't make fun of the Maple Leafs this year. Did I, when did I, did I promise that, Kellen? That doesn't sound like a promise I would make. Not while I've been here. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I texted Don that. Oh, maybe. I didn't feel like I was making fun of them. The Big L asked where he could get more information on the Maple Leafs. And I, I said he'd have to try to scour the corners of the internet. It is, uh, it is curious to me. Well, a lot of things are curious to me. Should not just this one thing. But, uh, so, you know, somebody texted in about, uh, Eagles Larry texted in about Nurse. And I don't know if he's Eagles Larry because he wants the double E to be called that or if he likes Philadelphia, I'm not sure. Or maybe he has Eagles as pets. But he wrote in after, he says, Nurse plays over 25 minutes a game, is second in scoring. What else does he need to do? Sad to say an Eastern bias may screw him out of a Norris. I, I do find this interesting. And I've, I've lived in Alberta, well, since I was a year and a half. Uh, except for one summer in Saskatoon doing my practicum. And and I know that's always been, well, even when I was a kid, why are the Leafs on TV so much? Why are the Canadians on so much? And some of you may remember this. You're gonna, you, you have to be, you know, middle-aged or older like I am. But now there's always a doubleheader on Hockey Night in Canada. And then now that they, they have, you know, 20 channels to show games, every game is national. But there was a time, probably in the early and mid-80s, when Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday nights was one game. And it was at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. And sometimes the Edmonton Oilers would be playing a game at Northlands Coliseum and it would not be on television. So you could be living in Edmonton or in Northern Alberta and be an Oilers fan and you would have to watch Boston at Toronto or Quebec at Montreal. I don't think it was all the time, but I, I know it happened. 
where it wasn't even shown regionally. And that then that irritated people. Now, I, I will say this. I, I know some of you are having fun with me, and of course, you can, you can always do that on the on on the show. I'm I'm happy to hear that, and you guys know I love I love clever humor if you can put it out there or potty humor sometimes. But I, I see I I've always and and I know like now that I've worked in the media, I know people in the media. I know um, people who cover a variety of teams. I've known people who have lived in Alberta and gone to cover other teams, or I've known people who've come from other parts of the country to, to cover the Oilers. It, like it shouldn't really matter. You're just going to, that's your job, right? You get to treat it like a professional. So I'm always kind of like, man, like some fans like really feel like there's this Eastern bias. Like it's just, you know, it's too much leaf stuff. Well, I think it's a, the product of a couple of things just off the top of my head. And I understand that if you turn on, if you turn on uh, a TSN show, you don't always want the Leafs game first. Um, and we've had Jay Onright on this show, who's from Athabasca and works for TSN. And he's, he's actually said that, that sometimes he has to say, like, look, in his own newsroom, it doesn't have to be the Leafs all the time. But the flip side of that is, I mean, we, we have to accept certain things about, and you're, you, I know some people are going to be mad that I'm saying this, that's fine. But we have to accept that, I mean, I'm sure most of us have been to Southern Ontario, the GTA, the Golden Horseshoe, at some point in our lives. I go back there almost every year because I was born there. Don't hold it against me. Grew up in Alberta, but I was born in Kitchener-Waterloo. Moved to moved to Alberta to good old Alder Flats. By the way, text me if you're within an hour of Alder Flats. And, you know, so I, so I am an Albertan despite being born in Ontario, but I go back there. Like, there are a ton of people down there. So if you... If you're running a TV station and you're thinking like, okay, we got a third of the audience that is going to care about this one team, regardless of what we do, we got a third of the audience captive. I, I think you have to you have to respect that. Now, the other thing is is that the Leafs are actually a good team. In the '80s, the Leafs sucked. Like, let's be honest, they sucked. They made the playoffs in the Northern Division sometimes because the Norris Division sucked. I'm sorry for using a coarse term. They weren't very good. That'll be more comfortable for people. Kids don't say sucked. But so that was part of the anger in the 80s. It's like Gretzky's doing all this stuff and we got to watch like Bill Lego fumble the puck all 10 times and not get a shot away. But why? I don't know why I'm picking on him. I'm pretty sure he was a Leaf. <laughs> but now, like now the Leafs are actually good. So, I mean, they should be covered. Matthews should be talked about as one of the best teams in the league. So to that extent, I, I don't know if that's an Eastern bias. I think that's just a lot of reporters doing their job. But hey, does it make it a fun rivalry? Sure. I'm not, <laughs> not going to turn that down. 780 if you want to check in. I don't know if any of that uh, made sense, but hopefully some of it did. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Flames now up 2-0 in Toronto. Bennett and Kachuk have scored the goals. Kings and Blues scoreless in the first. In the second period, Buffalo and the Islanders tied 1-1. Lightning lead the Hurricanes 2-1. Stamkos and Hedman have scored there. Stars and Panthers are tied at 1. Later, Golden Knights and Avalanche, this time inside 
Ducks will play the Coyotes and the Wild will take on the Sharks. You've probably been hearing the story all day about the uh, the junior hockey lottery that's going to help teams in the dub and the AJHL. So that's pretty cool. That's going to be on uh, weekends in March to uh, to help out those teams. So I like that. And the Edmonton Oil Kings are getting ready to start their season this weekend already which is good. And uh, we'll be talking more Oil Kings throughout the week here on Inside Sports and on the Faceoff Show. Scott Atkinson will be the Oil Kings captain for the second consecutive year. Before we bring on Mooner, we have uh, Dave on the open line. Hey, Dave. Hey, how you doing, Reed? Good. It's nice to hear from you. Hey, well, I just uh, appreciate uh, what you're talking about there with TV and all that good stuff. And, I mean, I grew up in a small town, Manitoba, and on Saturday night in the 80s, if you could get a TV in the house that wanted to watch hockey, uh, you know, you're lucky, and I think that's the the first thing is I got to when everybody else was watching the Fonz or Eight is Enough, or and it would, didn't matter. It didn't matter who was playing, and you know, I think that as a Canadian, that's the thing that put it in perspective for me. I mean, we also had the little games that you had the tabletop games, and it was the Canadians and the Maple Leafs, and uh, here I am, uh, a Jets fan, and then later I moved to Edmonton. Um, but to me, it's it's that you 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 know it. It all gets into perspective when you go out to the Hockey Hall of Fame and you just remember, like, we're Canadians. At the end of the day, we're Canadians. If you put hockey on a TV, <laughs> I think we're fortunate <laughs> to watch it right. and to have the game, right? And so I think it was good you're bringing that up. And, yeah, I don't like watching the Leafs as much as the next guy. <laughs> but if it's that or something else, I'll watch the Leafs. How, how old are you? How, right how now, old are you? you... Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, fif- I'm 50. I'm 50. I'm north of 50, Reed. <laughs> okay, so you're a little old, you're a little older than me. So you, you must have been a big Dale Howard truck fan then. Oh yeah, yeah. When I when I saw the Bob Ascenza mask at the Hockey Hall of Fame, I, I kid you not, a tear came to my eye. That was Saturday night in my home growing up, and yeah, uh, yeah those guys were were big news back then. A lot of fun. So yeah, just that's uh, it's so fun watching. That's awesome. Them, right? Love the game and a seven one whomping of the Flames on a Saturday. It's always a good day. <laughs> Hey, thanks for sharing that story, Dave. Appreciate you tuning in. Awesome. That is Dave, 780-496-0063. Colton says, hey, Reed, do you know what caused Markstrom's injury in the Oilers game? I heard rumors it's a bad sunburn to the back of his neck. Ha ha. That's a good one from Colton. Actually, yeah, uh, Markstrom's out and uh, Anderson's out. So it's Hutchinson and uh, Riddick tonight. Cam Moon's on the line. Who is the play-by-play voice here, Edmonton Oilers, here on 6.30, Chad. He's doing the game tomorrow. Cam, how are you doing, buddy? Doing really well. David Riddick's having a heck of a night right now. Shots are uh, 26-25. I, I, this is, you know what I'm like when, I, when I'm when i on air? I'm yeah. ha- kind of watching the game, but it's some of it's not always being processed because my uh, t- I, 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 I got to concentrate to host a radio show. <laughs> so I can't and, and you've been hosting a radio show all day today on Chad. So yeah. Well, not really. I I I, I went on with Daryl at that too for a while because uh, Jalen uh, is needs a little bit of time off here for a personal matter, but th- that's okay. So is he has Riddick been stealing it here for the Flames? Yeah, I, Toronto's had some great opportunities to score. Like this could easily be a two-two game right now. Uh, Riddick has held the fort, uh, even helped kill off a, a five-on-three power play that Toronto had. So. Yeah, I would say Riddick has had a huge hand in this one to this point. All right. So 
I, I want to ask you about something because I, I got talking about it here in, in the first half hour of the show and a couple people wrote in and said, you know, Nurse should be getting award consideration, but he plays in Edmonton, so he won't. And on the weekend, we saw, to me, it was kind of out of nowhere. Well, maybe it wasn't out of nowhere, but like Matthews this, McDavid this. And I'm kind of thinking, like, they're both awesome. I mean, I, I don't care if a guy plays for the Leafs. I mean, if he's awesome, he's awesome. But do you, th- there is, an, in, I don't know if you were listening before you came on, but in the last half hour, but there is like, in in this part of the, the country, there is sort of this deep-seated, I don't want to hear about Eastern Canada all the time type of thing. Like, do you, what, I'm just wondering what, what you think your perception about this, if it's, we need to move on from it or if we need to confront it. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I, at times, it, it almost sounds like an inferiority complex. You know, it does sometimes. Uh, I understand it, though, uh, because we do get inundated with a lot of of Leafs media. Um, they're right. on in primetime games. They're the, and I understand why they are. If you put a Leafs game on, the numbers are really, really good. There's a lot of people that live in southern Ontario. So I understand it from a, a dollars and cents point of view. Um, so th- that's the reality. That's that's just the way it's going to be. Uh, the, the numbers for, yeah, you put the Leafs on, it's going to be big. And that's why they get all the, the, the primo spots. Um, and I understand the it, when it comes to awards... If you have most of the votes coming from out east and a team plays out west where games are on very late at night out there, I mean, those are 9 o'clock starts out east that are regular Edmonton starts. And if you're on the west coast, those are 10 o'clock starts. So let's be honest, a lot of the voters' eyes probably don't see the players out west as much. So as a result, it's going to be what it is. That's like unless you changed it so there was more votes coming from out west that might help level the playing field but yeah i I don't care what the what the leafs do and and quite honestly it doesn't bother me if they're on a lot Uh, it that's fine i know how passionate oiler fans are god love them for it and and how you know that uh, the nhl whether you're in Vancouver or Edmonton or Calgary or Winnipeg or anywhere in between and one of those four teams are your team, uh, I understand how deep the passion runs and I understand that. But, yeah, I mean, if, if I, I wouldn't get bent out of shape is what I'm saying just because uh, Toronto gets a lot of love and I understand it because of the amount of people that live in southern Ontario. You know, and, and, and we will, we'll talk about our team, of course, the Oilers, but I do want to throw out, throw this out, Cam, and I'll tell you and the 14 people listening a little secret. Everybody, you know, keep it to that, keep it to that small yeah. group. Sure. But it's okay. So I'm hosting uh, a sports show in Edmonton, and we carry the Oilers games and the EEs games. So, of course, that's a priority. And those yeah. are the, you know, Oilers are huge. Uh, you know, EE gets a good following during the season, and if they're if they're good into the fall, and then what else do I like to talk about? You know, U of A, find good local stories. Those types of things are a priority. But I have found if I'm going to talk about another Canadian team, there are two teams that seem to to move the dial. 
the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for two reasons. Because in the West, in, in still in the Edmonton area, they have a lot of fans. Yeah. And also they're despised. So what 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 do people like to listen to? Either sub they want to hear about something they love or they want to hear about something they really hate, right? Like yes. so that's I have I have found that. That's like I love it. Talk, that's really funny. talking about those two teams, people will be interested because you're either thinking they're because either it's it's a Riders fan or a Leafs fan, you know, driving driving to uh you know, beer revolution in Oliver Square, thinking like, Oh yeah, finally, like they're talking about my team, or it's you know, some guy um, you know, driving up to Sherbrooke liquor store off uh, off hundred and eighteenth Ave and he's like, God. I hate that. I hate these teams. Maybe, maybe Reed's going to tell me that they're crappy or something bad happened to them. <laughs> well, it's, it's good for radio. You're right. Those teams, they, they polarize it one way or the other, but either way you're getting a response as opposed to a team that, you know, you're just not getting anything out of it. It's just lukewarm. You don't want that. Yeah. It's good for radio. That's smart. That's smart move by you, Reed. Anyway. All right, uh, Cam Moon's on the line. Uh, they swept Calgary, so best-case scenario there. Calgary only scored twice. A very in-control game on Friday. Saturday's game, that was a weird one, Cam, because Calgary yeah. legitimately, I thought, outplayed the Oilers in the first period. They they took, a couple, especially the Backland penalty, gave the Oilers life. And then even I think even when it was 4-1 Edmonton, like forget about it even being 5-1, I almost felt like when it was 4-1 Edmonton, there was a little bit of a, a white flag being raised by the Flames bench. Yeah, it, it felt that way. And you're right, it was weird. The Flames had a, I thought they, they had good pressure at times in the first period. Uh, certainly put a lot of pucks to Miko Koskin. I mean, there were quite a few perimeter shots, but they got some from the, you know, from the, the good area in the middle. Koskinen makes some saves. But that's that's the thing. When you're playing against a team that has the top-end skill that the Oilers have, if that top-end skill is having a good day, they're not going to need a lot of chances to score. And that's kind of how it went. When Edmonton would get a good chance in that first period, they were scoring. And it just put Calgary in such a bind. And I felt like in the second period that they had, they had had enough. And and you're right. It it felt like the game was over, and you could have ran the clock really in the third period because it it didn't feel like they were. Uh, I didn't I didn't feel like the the Flames were into it much. And I mean, hey, at the point where it's six one after forty, I, you can totally understand. Then they get scored on early in the third period on the goal by uh, Josh Archibald. So then that makes it you know even worse. But. Yeah, there was that was uh, that was a tough night for him. Every time Edmonton's getting good chances, they're scoring, and Connor McDavid has the, the game of all games, and that was quite a display. Uh, really impressive to to watch that and and to see that against a team that you had to battle tooth and nail the night before to uh, to squeeze out the two to one victory. Although I thought the Oilers in the third period of that Friday game did a pretty good job job of limiting Calgary's opportunities. I thought they had a decent amount of opportunities in the first 40, not so much in the last 20. But, yeah, it's, uh, you don't see that very often where it just goes off the rails like that. And, and I don't expect to to see that again. Uh, but you never know, you know, with the talent level that the Oilers can throw out there, that if they're having one of those nights, they're going to get some big-time chances. And there there are guys that can, that can score. Uh, Connor McDavid just putting on quite a show. That way it was... 
it was great. It was great to be able to watch uh, skill at that level. All right. Slater Cuckoo, I mean, probably safe to say he might miss the rest of the regular season or close to it with the collarbone injury. I mean, McDavid basically missed three months back when he got it in 15-16. I know part of that was, uh, I think, waiting to come back after the All-Star break, but still he was out a long time. Lagason is not quite ready. Bear maybe is close. Um, Are you... they got better depth. Injuries can catch up to a team after a while. Are you a little concerned if they got to start leaning on, you know, maybe Bouchard a little more or or younger guys or if Caleb Jones has to come back in or do you think they just are, are pretty solid back there right now with, with Barry and Nurse leading the way? I think they're solid back there right now. And, and I think what Evan Bouchard has shown us since he's come into the lineup is that uh, he can definitely uh, play at this level. He can be effective. Uh, I, I think offensively, I really like the, I really like the upside for the young man because he, he's got a great shot and he puts it on net and can get it on net. Uh, and yeah, if, I mean Ethan Bear at some point comes back, uh, that maybe that's this week and and you know who knows, but but hopefully sooner than later because once you put Bear back in there. I mean, it, it's still, even with Cuckoo out, still pretty good depth. And if uh, Russell and Larson can, can be a, a solid pair in their own end, which they have been, and they continue that, then, yeah, I think the the depth on the blue line, and it's going to come into play. I mean, that's that's the reality of, of a NHL season. Is guys are going to get banged up. Guys are going to miss some games. And you hope that you have enough in there that even if, some key guy or or guys are out that you can you can fill that and not have too big of a difference, too much of a drop off. And I think the Oilers are in that position right now where they can do that. So uh, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. I don't know if we'll find out in the morning or if we might find out closer to game time, uh, which six defensemen are in the lineup. But I think whichever concoction it is, I, I think they're sitting in a in a decent spot. And I'm interested, too, because last year they won that emotional goalie fight game in Calgary, mm-hmm. and then they were shut out the next game in Arizona. And I know yeah. it's, you know, I know it's it's different, but somewhat similar. And in this business, we're always looking for little storylines uh, and comparisons. And there's no... You know, Vancouver's got pride. You know, they know they're yeah. hurting. They're gonna they're gonna be fighting for a win. So, but but that's but that's what I enjoy about the journey of the season. Another little test. Okay, you responded when things were going poorly after the first nine games. For the most part, you've responded well when things are going great. Can, can you stretch it to four? Right, you've won three yeah. in a row twice. Couldn't get it to four. Can you play with that fire and stretch it to four after beating your rival twice? Yeah, and and you're right. It's. It's so much easier to play when you're when you're playing against Calgary. I mean, you don't need a whole lot of uh, extra motivation because you're playing Calgary. Although I didn't feel like there was a lot of emotion in that third period on Saturday night. So if anything, that, that probably helps the Oilers. Now you got to take on a Vancouver team that I you got to feel you know a little stung in that they played pretty well last night, but lost in overtime to Winnipeg, and they were up two nothing at one point. So. I, they're going to be a team looking to rebound. 
Um, from what I've read, the last few games they've played pretty well, haven't quite got the result. And I, I would think that the Oilers will face a team that is a super motivated, but also buoyed by a bit of confidence in that they've played a little better here than they did maybe a few weeks ago. So I think it'll be and it'll be a tough test tomorrow. I think uh, the Oilers are going to need to be ready and hopefully can raise that emotional level to something close to when they're playing against the Calgary Flames, uh, even though they haven't, you know, haven't played the Vancouver Canucks since the first week of the season. So it's been a little while, but yeah, if they can get that emotional level up, they give themselves an opportunity. And, and that, um, I think that's all you can ask really. Yeah. Mooner, you're always a gentleman for spending time with me on the show. I will let you get back so you can watch the uh, third period of Calgary and Toronto, and I look forward to conversing with you on the airwaves tomorrow evening. All right, can't wait for tomorrow night. Thanks for having me on. That is Cam Moon, play-by-play voice for your Edmonton Oilers. He is uh, splitting the radio duties with Jack Michaels this season. Cam will be on the call. The two games, the Oilers are in Vancouver. It is 6.50. We will call a quick timeout on Inside Sports. writes in he says the Oilers need to do what they haven't done the last couple of years bury teams behind them he also says they win two in Vancouver it's going to be lights out for Vancouver because uh, they're not going to come back two games in the season series that is from Armswar. I I gotta say something this is the most optimistic I have I have sensed from at least people who interact with me since the stretch run in 2017 when the Oilers went 12 and 2 down the stretch. And I remember one night somebody called into Rob and me and was like, who do you, who do you think they'll play in the Stanley cup final? And will they be able to win? And Rob and I were like, what? It's like March 20th. Wait, hold on. Who, who was that? Or oh, you didn't work Kellen. I, uh, I think it was a gentleman named Steve who's called in a few times this season. And he was just like, they're going to be in the Stanley cup final. That's my prediction. That, now, if he's right, mm-hmm. Kellen, you still, you and I still have the deed to that land north of Athabasca that used to be a game farm. We yeah. still own that. I we? believe so. Yeah, it's, it's in my paperwork we somewhere. We were, yeah, so that's that. If that Steve guy's right, we're going to give him that land and it's some sort of title. Like he'll be a duke of that land. Sound good? I love it. <laughs> Notarized and everything, Kellen, it's ready. <laughs> Kellen's just like, why do I have to work with this guy? What is going on? Dave Tippett, by the way, talking about playing with structure and identity every night. Well, that's what everybody's striving for all the time. You're striving for consistency in what you're doing. And ultimately, to get that consistency, you've got to, you've got to have a lot of players playing well throughout your lineup. And, uh, you know, we've, we've had that the last little while here. There's, uh, there's nights when some players have played better than others or had more impact, but then there's other nights when, you know, there's other parts of our team that have been strengths of our team. So, and allowed us to win. You're looking, we want to be a consistently 
uh, strong team, you know, on both sides of the puck. We know we have we have some offensive capabilities that have to be there every night, but we we know for ours for us to become the team that we want to be and become a playoff team, we have to be a good defending team. So you're always looking for that happy balance, and you need consistency on both sides of the puck if you're going to be a good team. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.